Today's Locked On Texan podcast, Lovey Smith commented on changing things after three games. Today's also a good day to give some flowers and compliments to those that is well deserving of it. And we also talk about why haven't why hasn't Tyler Johnson taken the field. All of that on today's Locked On Texan podcast. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Texans is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. That's prizepicks.com, promo code Locked On. I'm John Hickman. That's Cody Davis. Here to discuss on this beautiful Tuesday, the Houston Texans. Now, Cody, I think we need to go ahead and jump in. And just how we started Monday's recap show, starting with Lovey Smith, I think we also need to start today's show with Lovey Smith. Now, the first is this is a comment before I get into it. Levy Smith was asked about changing uh, some things with the with the team so far as they go zero two and one. Levy Smith commented and said, first time something doesn't go right, you change everything you do." Question mark. The answer is no, 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 and no. We're three games into a seventeen game regular season. Um, Cody, in my humble opinion. You absolutely make changes when trying to improve your team. Improving is changing. I think that's kind of plain and simple. When you want to get better, you make changes in order to do so. Now, through the course of the first three weeks, this team hasn't done consistently or aggressively enough to put a, a, a win in a win column. Some areas of concern that needs change. Go ahead and list them out. The Texans are 10 of 40 on third down this year, only converting 25% of the time the texans were 0-4 on third and one on sunday that's borderline inexcusable i think some game plan changes needs to also come into effect brandon cooks two time thousand yard receiver for the houston texans has made some plays has been brought up in the who is the most underrated player in the nfl conversation Hmm. however right now through three weeks of the NFL season, young NFL season, Brandon Cooks has only caught 13 of his 29 targets this year. Now, Nico Collins, 8 of 16, with a good number of those targets not being catchable. Sunday's game, at one point during the game, Davis Mills, when targeting everybody else, not Brandon Cooks, was 14 of 19, 178 yards, one touchdown. When targeting Brandon Cooks, one of six, for 17 yards. I think a game plan change also needs to be brought up in the film room, which you are expecting a coach like Lovey Smith, even though he is a defensive coach, he will have the final say so. These are some of the areas of change that can be mentioned. And then lastly, Lovey Smith addressed the linebacker play by saying, I don't think it's been good. Well, my question is, will Lovey Smith play more of a coaching role for the linebackers to tweak and make changes? 
Wallow's first game was on Sunday. He should see more time. He should see more than 14 snaps moving forward. Of course, he's bouncing back from injury. They're getting him into some game shape. So Sunday was his first game back, as mentioned. Uh, also, Houston leads the league in missed tackles. So that problem needs to change. So addressing Lovey Smith's comments of saying through three weeks, three games, do you change everything? Absolutely. You can't look at change as an enemy unless you're an enemy of progress. And if this team is an enemy of progress, then we have to have a real conversation of whether or not they won't win the game this year. We have to have a real conversation of when will Pep Hamilton be out the door? Is this another one-and-done situation for your head coach and an offensive coordinator combo in terms of the <laughs> King King Casario looking down and figuring out what he wants to do? That needs to be changed. And, and, and I also want to mention that Rex Burkhead being tied with the most targets the second most targets on this team is not a good thing. However, I don't blame him for the targets he received on Sunday in the passing game. In the passing game, some of those were just good decisions, the better decisions to take by David Smith. So I'm not necessarily blaming Rex Burkhead for his production as well. Here's my issue about Coach Lovey Smith talking about the first time something doesn't go go right. Do you change it? That would have been the best answer if this was week one heading into week two of the regular season. However, John, listeners and viewers, this is week three of the regular season heading into week four. Not only that, you had an opportunity to win not one, not two, but three games. And every all single in the time, fourth quarter. All in the fourth quarter. Every single time we came on this show talking about the same issues over and over and over again. And John, the worst part about all this is, like I said on yesterday, this is a Houston Texans team that's going to be taking on a very hungry Los Angeles Chargers team, which means there's a great possibility by the end of next week, we'll be looking at a situation where the Houston Texans will be 0-3-1. With that being said, John, listeners and viewers, Lovey Smith has to change something. Now, I'm not going to go as far as to say there should be a quarterback change because I'm pretty sure in his mind that is the number one thing that he was thinking about because this is the NFL. Every time a team isn't playing well, that is the first thing people would like to ask, will there, if there be a quarterback change? And look, Davis Mills, outside of what, the – Second, going into third quarter against the Chicago Bears, and of course that first half against the Indianapolis Colts, Davis Mills has not looked that great. We understand that. We get it. And as of right now, once again, Houston Texans are sitting here with not one, not two, but three missed opportunities to record their first win of the 2022 campaign. Um, we could look and say that Davis Mills is a big part of that. However, with all that being said, John, listeners and viewers, and I know this is a conversation that we're going to get into later on in the show, but there are several other things that Coach Lovey Smith, Pep Hamilton, Nick Casario can do to help this team move forward, i.e., you mentioned it a lot, the wide receiving court. There is a pretty solid wide receiver who has recorded his third healthy scratch in a row in Tyler Johnson. If your number one concern is Davis Mills doesn't have enough weapons, Davis Mills is targeting Brandon Cooks too much or whatever the case might be, why not change up your wide receiving core and get Tyler Johnson out there? When you talk about change, we saw on Sunday's game where 
the game got a little shaky for the Houston Texans, more so Damian Pierce fumbling the ball. Why did you take him out for the final couple of snaps that basically resulted in you losing this game? I I didn't like that statement from Lovey Smith. I've been supportive of a lot of things that he has said ever since he's been hired, i.e. the split decision of him settling for the tie. I 100% supported Lovey Smith. But once again, I do not like the fact of you saying that because it don't work out the first time, you, you, you know, whether or not to change it or not. Like I mentioned, that would have been the best statement to say come week one of the regular season. But this is the third time we're seeing this. I don't, I don't like it. I don't understand it. There should be several changes on this roster beyond the quarterback position, by the way. I, I, I don't want to call Davis Mills' job into question. But at the same time, John, listeners and viewers, keep this in mind. When Lovey Smith got hired, Pep Hamilton as the offensive coordinator, um, Nick Casario having a, a great draft, we knew that we wasn't looking at a championship team. We knew that we wasn't looking at a playoff team. However, we all had a belief that we was going to be looking at a more promising and a better team than the product that this organization has put out on the field over the last two seasons. And as of right now, it seems like this might be the worst product over the last two seasons. And if that's the case, then you definitely got to make some type of change heading into week four against the Los Angeles Chargers. By the way, the Los Angeles Chargers will be taking on their second AFC South opponent two weeks in a row. The Jaguars were able to get it done on Sunday. The Chargers will be without a major player blocking for Justin Herbert. Now, three weeks in a row so far, the Houston Texans have went up against teams that was without, if not their best, they're around their best player. Darius Leonard, I'm sorry, Shaquille Leonard, week mm-hmm. one. You look at the Bear, the Broncos game. Uh, no Simmons. Judy goes down early, and I believe they're without someone else that just I can't think of right off the top of my head. You look at the, the Bears game. Uh, Montgomery goes down in the first quarter. They are coming in without players. And, you know, they, they, this is just not a good offense. And they were allowed 23 points when, on average, that's not what they're putting up. And so Houston is a team that has not been able to capitalize capitalize on their opportunities that teams have been giving them. I think the biggest one is the kicker missing the, the field goal to win the game before going to overtime, right? Mm-hmm. And that's That may be the biggest one. I think – Third and one against the Bears, maybe the second one when you're right there by the goal line and you're just not able to capitalize on momentum that at that point was swinging into your favor. This has been a team like mental errors and mistakes because I do think not taking care of and capitalizing on those opportunities or mental errors and mistakes, that's hurt this team. And for a Lovey Smith coach team, I didn't think we were going to be having these conversations. Uh, maybe mm. David Culley, even Bill O'Brien, but not with a with a Lovey Smith coach team. And that is an issue, and that is something that needs to change. We do have to talk about some of the good things on today's show. I can't wait to do so because I do think with 0-2-1 as the record right now, Houston has done some good things so far, and we'll talk about that. Listen, guys, one of my latest, like, kind of a guilty pleasure now has been prize picks. I've already told you guys how it worked. You can pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize picks projections, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. That's the best part about it. Prize picks also offers projections on any sport you watch, and it's 
fall time. So we have a combination of college football, NFL, basketball, college basketball. Like there, there's there, there's there, there's baseball. There's everything going on right now. And prize picks allow you to choose from the pick of the litter, the cream of the crop. Injuries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Safe and fast withdrawals and currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. Download the Prize Picks app or go to theprizepicks.com to sign up today and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with a promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, Prize picks will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match for up to $100. Welcome back, Locked On listeners, to this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Texan Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And every day includes Tuesdays. That's why we do it. Cody, um, James Cook. On YouTube, now we normally save YouTube comments for the you know the weekend show, but James Cook on YouTube said, "I can see by this podcast why y'all don't have more listeners." I said, oh, "I said, why is that?" James Cook commented back and said, "Like bring up some positive things, like how the Texans held Justin Field to a 19.6 total QBR rating. Uh, there are some positive things happening. However, you never bring it up and." This is on yesterday's podcast when we mentioned some of the good things that happened. Like I gave Davis Mills some some kudos, but I'll restate them, and I, we definitely showed Petrie some love. But James Cook and Stingley and Stingley. James oh, and by Cook, the way, by the way, I do want to mention these are the best our numbers have looked since we started this podcast. By the way, but you know, honestly, guys, whether you love or hate the podcast, we really do appreciate all the support, all the all the feedback. We just like to have fun with you guys. Absolutely. And this show is uh, dedicated to my brother, Drew. I want you to take a <laughs> moment of time and pray for Drew. There's nothing wrong with him. He's just a Texan fan right now, and he's going through it. <laughs> uh, but I do want to mention that there has been some good things. Number one, I think when the season started, well before the season started, well before the draft, the identity that was focused to be created for this team was to be a run first team, would be a run team. And I think that the attempt to be better throughout the last couple of weeks since week one for the Houston Texans has been admirable. I think that they have recognized that at this current stage of the season, well, Damian Pierce may just be their best offensive player. Now for Houston, Week one, they rushed for 77 yards against the Colts. Um, uh, week two, against the Broncos, Houston rushed for 80 yards. And then against the Bears, Houston rushed for <clears throat> 92 yards. Those numbers may not be a significant increase. However, it is an increase. And the biggest increase is snap counts for Damian Pierce. So I give them hmm. kudos. And that's a change, by the way. That is an in-season change where you have to understand that Rex Burkhead and our lack of providing adequate depth at the running back position because we chose loyalty over talent. Well, we got to ride with Damian Pierce, so I think that's a good thing. Also, the Texans' def defense pressured opposing quarterbacks on 47% of pass attempts in week three. Of course, that's going up against Justin Fields. 
Uh, that was the best in the NFL. The league average is 16%. 27.7% Houston Texans allowed that passer rating in, in week three, only gave up a 27.7 uh, passer rating, and that was, of course, to Justin Fields. Also, the Texans' defense has allowed a completion percentage of just 36% in the red zone this season. That is third best in the NFL. The league average has been 54%. Also from Davis Mills going directly back to Sunday's game. On third and seven, when he had a good, clean pocket, I was very impressed by the blocking on Sunday, and I'll highlight someone, somebody else. But he allowed that play to form, found Chris Moore for 50 yards. Also hmm. another good, the pass to Philip Dorsett. Kind of mirrored the pass that he threw through to uh, Philip Dorsett in the preseason. That was also a dot. I thought by Davis Mills, one of his more impressive throws uh, so far this year. Scott Quisenberry has looked very much like an upgrade over Justin Britt. That is a positive. I thought Britt, uh, sorry, Quisenberry had a very good game on Sunday uh, against the Denver Broncos, against the Chicago Bears. And of course, Jalen Petrie, who is in running with being the best player on this team right now, uh, he had himself a field day against the Bears. And what I like about the rookie Petrie is in his post game, whenever he was able to talk with uh, the media, he gave some credit to Christian Kirksey about kind of forcing Justin Fields to float the pass so he can complete it over his head. And that allowed Petrie enough time to come cut it off and get that second interception. Those are some of the things not only do you like to see out of your rookie player, but those are some great things that you would like to hear out of your player and I wonder how long before we have a conversation of is Jalen Petrie somewhat the new version of J.J. Watt in terms of being the face of the franchise. <laughs> I think that's a very good conversation to have within maybe by the end of the year. He is from the city of Houston. Also, Kenyon Green, the cleanup block on the play that resulted in a Roquan Swift Smith interception that should have went to Nico Collins right behind him. A cleanup block by Keon Green, another rookie, was phenomenal. Almost had a dead body on on the field, man. So, hmm. shout out to the rookies. I think those are some of the good things that we're seeing. And Davis Mills did have two of his best drives so far in the in, a, in his second year, sophomore year, against the Chicago Bears as well. Yeah, and look, when we talk about positives, you know, I want to look beyond the um, game on Sunday, and I just want to look at the first three games as a whole. And, John, outside of Davis Mills and Brevin Jordan, um, the sophomore class and even the rookie class, you know, the rookies that's been out there on the field consistently, I've liked what I've seen because I know one thing, going into this upcoming season, I said I wanted to continue to see the promise of development from the rookie class and the sophomore class. And that's what I've been able to see. First and foremost, you take a look at a guy like Nico Collins. This has been arguably their best offensive player. A guy that, as of right now, has caught eight catches for 125 yards. And I know that that is going to continue to progress as the season continues. John, 
I know right now some people might be a little bit down on Damian Pierce because they thought that he was going to come out the gates and be <laughs> Aaron Foster 2.0. However, when you take a look at what he did on Sunday, you're talking about a guy that recorded 80 yards on 20 carries. I like the fact that he is already able to help the Houston Texans move the chain because, yeah. look, what we're seeing right now is Damian Pierce go through his learning process. So if he is already to... If he's already at the point where he is going through his learning process and he's able to get 80 yards on 20 carries, what you think he's going to be able to do come midway through the season or towards the end of his rookie campaign? Oh, and, by and, the way, and, oh, go ahead. And, and I was about to say, by the way, with him getting better, it's not just necessarily on the ground. Some of his pass blocking assignments has gotten better with Damian yes. Pierce. And it showed on Sunday against the Chicago Bears. He was able to chip, I forgot who it was, a hard chip block, which gave Davis Mills some more time to try to make a play. And so Pierce, again, he's learning week by week, but he is right now the more explosive player on this offense, and he's doing it with a mix of runs. Saw a lot of bigger runs on Sunday. Saw some runs that was stopped behind the line. Saw some average three to four runs, but he's mixing it up, and that's why I think so far he has been a huge positive, especially throughout the last two weeks. And I'm glad that you brought that up, John, because it brought me back to week one of the regular season. Everybody was disappointed. Even us here on this podcast, we was all disappointed talking about why in the hell did Rex Burkhead get more snaps than Damian Pierce. After the game, Lovey Smith said there are some things that Damian Pierce needs to improve on. And he mentioned his 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 um pass protection. And one thing that stood out to me later on in the week, we had an opportunity to talk to Damian Pierce. And Damian Pierce said there's times through our practice where Danny Barry will have him go and get a couple reps in with the offensive line to work on his pass protection. And that is what we have been seeing over these last two games, especially the game on Sunday. With that being said, of course, when you take a look at on the defensive side of the ball, John, you just talked about how good the Houston Texans have been in their red zone defense. And there's two guys that I want to shout out. Derek Stingley Jr. And of course, Jalen Petrie. Those three guys recorded a combined, I believe, Three pass deflections in the end in the end zone. Two coming from Derek Stingley. One coming from Jalen Petra, and that is just showing you once again that this secondary is not going to be bad like we've seen over the last two to three years. And <laughs> Jalen Petrie, man, just take a listen to these numbers. In his first three games, 118 cover snaps, three receptions for a total of 35 yards. Two interceptions and one sack. John, I'm not going to go as far as to say by the end of next year, well, by the end of this year, towards the beginning of next year, we'll be looking at him as the as the new J.J. Watt because that is some big shoes to fill, um, especially being a face of this franchise. I don't think that the well, Texans... there is no face. Well, there's no face. Let's just say I would rather see faces... Of no the face. franchise, I would rather there. see. I would <laughs> rather see multiple guys be the face of the franchise. When I take a look at what Jalen Petrie has been doing, when I take a look at what Derek Stanley has been doing. Once again, just like I said about Damian Pierce, these guys are going through their learning process right now. And if all three of these guys, especially Petrie, if all the three guys are making the, that type of impact in their first three games of the of the regular season, that lets you know that regardless of us sitting here talking about the zero and two and one record or whatever the case might be, the future for this organization is extremely bright. And there are your positives for the week. 
I, I, you know, sometimes the fans speak, and sometimes we we kind of or listeners rather, and sometimes we kind of dismiss them, not purposely, but we got to do what we have to do. However, it's sometimes we we got to listen to y'all and, and let you know, like it's not all bad. The record shows all bad because it's not a dub, uh, but there has been some good things for Houston. It's it's happening in in places Houston has failed at. When their last great left, last great, only great running back, Aaron Foster, <laughs> they failed to kind of replace that. Uh, Jonathan Joseph, the great cornerback that Houston brought in in free agency, they failed to bring in another great cornerback, right? Um, at times, they failed to have a, a, you know, a playable cornerback on the field. The days of VH3 when, when Hargrave's mm. out there. Safety's been an issue. So all of these, you know, improvements and, 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 sunny skies that we're seeing <laughs> or just shining in areas that necessarily hasn't had the sun in a while. Like it's just, it, it's good to see it. And so you're right. We do have to kind of speak more positive and some positive things did come. One thing that I want to see more positive of, I'm going to be an advocate of this until I'm wrong. And that is targeting. And of course, catchable passes to Nico Collins. He is averaging nearly 16 yards per catch right now. He is a big biter receiver on the play. Eddie Jackson caught the interception. If you go back and watch that play, Eddie Jackson baited the way his way towards Nico Collins, and I think that distracted uh, Davis Mills. I also think he was going to force that pass to Brandon Cooks, regardless of how it was going to happen. <laughs> but if you look, Eddie Jackson baits to the left and then breaks as soon as the play starts. You have Nico Collins, who's six four. In a one-on-one opportunity, the last time you guys hooked up in the red zone, it worked. He came down with it on a, on a basketball rebound type of play. Those are some of those opportunities that, again, the Texans cannot afford to miss out on. And, of course, that opportunity led to an interception. Thanks for making the Locked On Texans your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Peacock and Williamson. NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give you the expert NFL analysis in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. I'm going to start this 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 segment before we get out of here by saying something controversial. Why? Because it's Tuesday. Why not? Don't do it. Popeyes ain't good, man. No more. Boy, man. you out your you out your mind, boy. I almost said something. Hey, I almost man. said something, man. Pop, you know, it's two staples in the South that between Texas and Louisiana, we'd say, man, what we love down here. And that's been Popeye's and Whataburger. And both of them has been terrible in the last. Douglas subscribers, you can't, you can't disrespect both, man. Come on. Cody, we haven't seen Tyler Johnson play football for the Houston Texans. <laughs> What's going on with that? I mean, on Sunday, the Texans only dressed four wide receivers. They've done this a couple of times throughout the year so far. Chris Conley didn't play. They elevated Philip Dorsett. We saw Dorsett, Chris Moore, Nico Collins, Brandon Cooks. No Tyler Johnson for the third straight week. Excuse me, third straight week. What's going on with that situation? Yeah, and that was actually um, something I was able to explore last week, and I wrote about it on Texans Daily. Um, I had an opportunity to speak to both Lovey Smith and Pep Hamilton, and um, both coaches said that Tyler Johnson is still going through the learning process, still trying to get 
accustomed to the Houston Texans offensive play. But not only that, I also had an opportunity to pull Tyler Johnson to the side, had a quick conversation about him. And he also talked about how important it was for him to learn the playbook because that is something that he really didn't do during his short stint with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He said, however, you know, being around um, a lot of great players, including Tom Brady, the GOAT, um, that's when he truly realized how important it is to get accustomed to the playbook. I understand it. I get it. And I 100% agree with everybody involved that I had an opportunity to talk to. However, John, listeners and viewers, when we sit here and talk about the lack of weapons that Davis Mills have with his wide receiving core. I look at a guy in Tyler Johnson and I sit there and think to myself, I kind of feel like they're not only doing Davis Mills but the and the Houston Texans a disservice, but they're also doing Tyler Johnson a disservice as well because <laughs> I understand. Once again, I understand it. You know, there is a level where all coaches and coaching staff would like to have their players um, engraved in their playbook. I get it. But at the same time, when you are struggling to move the change, when you are struggling to score in the end zone, why not, i.e., dress more than four wide receivers? Why not put Tyler Johnson in that situation? And I get it. I understand it. We talked about this last week more so you at this stage, we don't know what to expect from Tyler Johnson. However, there's a lot of guys in Tampa that from the players, the coaching staff, even some of the fans, even reporters, they had an opportunity to read my work and say, you know what? Tyler Johnson is a good player. By the way, I also had an opportunity to talk to Davis Mills and Brandon Cooks about how Tyler Johnson is doing in practice. Both guys say they're loving what they're seeing out of Johnson, and they cannot wait for him to get out there on the field. So hopefully, come week four, we can see Tyler Johnson, but I just think it's a little bit unfortunate that we haven't through the first three games, especially when you sign O.J. Howard, what the week before the regular season started and he automatically got into the um the got into the lineup and was able to contribute to this organization like I believe Tyler Johnson can actually do. Thank you guys for checking out today's episode of the Locked On Texan Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, run those numbers up, like, comment, share. Tell your grandmother to go to church and put us on the prayer list so we can pray together as a family to get more subscribers and follow us on Twitter uh, at Locked On Texans. Uh, on Twitter as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.